Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast after another Sunderland game. This time back in the league once again. Doncaster away at 12 o'clock kickoff, half 12 kickoff, I should say, on Sky Sport. Very early one for anyone that did make the trip, but it was worth it in the end because we did win 3 0, and it could have been a lot more than that, which we'll talk about. Um, but after the Arsenal game, we said uh, confidence should be quite high. It was a good performance against Arsenal, John. We said they should carry into this game against a very poor Doncaster side, I think it's fair to say, and we did, um, and definitely deserved the three points today. Yeah, massively. You know, we, we looked a level above. You know, it's we know Doncaster are depleted, um, and they've got some youngsters in there, but you've, you can only beat what's in front of you. And I thought, you know, I thought we were very, very good going forward. Uh, I thought we were very good at, at keeping the ball, recycling the ball, picking our moments. Um, and like you say, we've, we've taken the you know, taking what's happened in the Arsenal game, and maybe, you know, maybe we're, we're the Arsenal of, of the league almost. And, you know, we've we've done the business, which is nice to see, finally. Yeah. And you, you could tell from the game today as well, obviously, at 1-0 and, and possibly at 2-0, it is about winning the game. But as soon as we scored the third for, for large parts of the, of the second half, especially, you could just tell the players were enjoying it more than they have in, in other games this season. Like, even the Morecambe game, you could sense there was still a bit of... I don't want to say it was unprofessional this like this afternoon against Doncaster, but there was more freedom, I suppose, in that second half today. Yeah, I think I think the word as well to use is maybe control. Uh, I think there was plenty of times, <clears throat> excuse me, um, where you know we we could have just relentlessly just gone forward, but it was nice to it was nice to manage the game. Obviously, we'd we'd won the game at three nil, but it was nice to manage the game and maybe manage manage ourselves almost. We know we've got a massive game on Thursday, which is going to be a, a totally different test. Um, so it was it was nice to be able to and actually see the players do it, just control the game and control the moment. You know, no one really had to, you know, borrow a few uh, maybe, you know, sort of bad tackles from Doncaster, but just just sort of ride the game out and just sort of see it out as 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 bit as a bit of a, a training exercise. And, you know, sort of players like Embleton and um, sort of Dan Neal, even though being really young, you know, just having that, you know, sort of game management experience just to control the ball. And, you know, we, we looked the level above and just, yeah, con- control the ball, recycle the ball. And, you know, you could tell by then Doncaster were just, you know, I think the, the goalkeeper summed up at the end for me where he just did not, you know, want to want to release the ball. We just sort of held it and said, no, nah, it's, yeah. it's a waste of time because that was just been the ball. So it was, it's nice to see us do that. Yeah, and I think the one thing with Sunderland in the past as well is, especially with games like this, where obviously Rotherham did get beat last night, um, and Wigan had their game postponed um, today, I think it was postponed, possibly yesterday, I'm not sure when they went to be playing. Um, but this was again a chance for Sunderland to kind of claw back them points, albeit Wigan do still have them games in hand. Um, this was essentially our game in hand over Rotherham. And in the past four, five seasons, these are the games that we know we needed to win, but never did. Um, but this time we have, and it, it puts us in a very good position with all things considered, the injuries, you know, a couple of players missing with COVID today, I think O'Brien, I think there was one more missing as well. We are in a very, very good position with, you know, all these circumstances acting against us. Yeah, we are. And, and like you say, it's nice for us to be, you know, the ones taking advantage of, of you know, sort of, you know, Rotherham losing and Wigan not playing. Um, and... I think it maybe comes from, you know, Johnson gets a lot of stick, but I think maybe it comes from him. Um, you know, we sort of take each game, you know, but just just play the game. 
it's not about you know if it's a game in hand or it's this or it's that it's let's just play the game win the game and then we'll go from there as opposed to you know seasons gone by and we've had sort of two, three four games in hand and it's it's very much a massive pressure you know to claw those yeah. back and it's easy for the fans to go, yeah, well, you know, we'll, and I, I'm as guilty as anyone to say, oh, well, you know, we've got those games in hand and we'll be fine. But you, you have to go out there and do the business. And, you know, again, fair play to them. They've, they've gone out and done that. It's nice for us to be in, in the position, you know, Wigan are still, you know, they're, they're still going really well. Um, but then that does add that little pressure. And then you've got to see if they can handle that pressure as of, you know, previous season, we haven't. Yeah. And obviously when people you know, from an outsider, look at the league at the moment, and when I say outside, I'm talking not Wigan, not Rotherham, not Sunderland. There's not many will talk about Sunderland doing well this season, because ultimately, you know, going into this game, we were third in the table, we're now second, albeit Wigan are, you know, one win away from going above us again, having played two games less, I think. But, like I said just before, there's so many circumstances against Sunderland not just recently, but the whole season, that Rotherham and Wigan haven't had. You know, they haven't had a massive injury crisis where they've had a full start, 11 out injured. You know, we've had four full-backs out injured at one point. We've now got one striker at the club um, that can play these next few games going into January. There's so many things that Sunderland don't have at the moment that Rotherham and Wigan do, yet we're still in touch and distance of them. Yeah, I, I suppose it's just, you know, it's a narrative, I'm sure. I think Johnson touched on it before the game. You know, everyone's everyone has their, you know, the COVID thing and the injury thing. And you don't get me wrong, we have suffered. Um, and, you know, a lot of our good players have suffered. Obviously, Broadhead's out, you know, probably for the season now. Um, you know, we've we've lost a, a lot of, of good players and, and the COVID thing doesn't help. Um, so, yeah, it's nice in a, in a bit of adversity that we're, that we're going that way. And like I say, we're not... I'm not really too fussed about, you know, sort of coverage and recognition from from whoever. Um, I maybe think, it, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, that our form's a little bit on the turn with, you know, and, and Sky have sort of come knocking and, you know, because not many people, let's be honest, even probably some of the fans wouldn't want to watch Doncaster Sunderland. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so it's, for it to be picked for the television is, you know, is a strange one, but, you know, it's, it's just one of them. And obviously they've had us on for the, the Carabao and, I think we're on, a, on Fleetwood, you know, in, in, in 10 days' time. So it's, you know, I don't know if quietly they're maybe taking taking notice of us and giving us a little bit. And, you know, even though you do get the lazy, you know, the lazy commentary of the guy on Sky today said that Aidan McGeady's been amazing for Sunderland, yeah. um, which, you know, you tell me the last time he was amazing for us. So it's that's, it's quite it's quite a lazy thing. But, you know, I'm happy to, to, to go under the radar and just do our own thing. Yeah. Well, we'll look at the game as a whole. Obviously, Sunderland took the lead after, I think it was six minutes with a penalty. Um, and I think I seen on Twitter last time, I think it was Bobby Madley, the referee, last time he gave us a penalty was against Newcastle. Um, Stephen Fletcher getting taken down by Colicini, I think it was. Um, so that was an interesting stat, but um, is it a penalty? Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those little... It is quite soft, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's a foul when it's inside the box. Um, it's you know it's I I probably wouldn't agree it's you know the most stonewall penalty um, yeah. but you know Kevin Phillips is happy with it and I'm you know I'm happy any any time we get a penalty you know yeah. we'll take it there's there's been plenty of them plenty of them go against us plenty of them go for us um, but you know fair play to Diaki take his man on um, and win us the penalty and, and sort of send us on our way yeah and like obviously Diaki was back today after injury um, 
albeit I think after he went off in that game, I thought he would be out for a while. He wasn't, came back the day. And you can definitely tell he's improving, you know, much like every other player in the team is improving with every game. You know, I remember, say, four or five weeks ago, we were talking about Diaku, how he wouldn't take his player on. He, he, he wouldn't really do much with the ball. But there was two or three, possibly four times today. The first one where he's won the penalty. Second and third time where, on another day, could have also won a penalty, where he's taking his player on, he's showing confidence, getting a shot off, getting a ball in the box, and he just looks a lot more confident, a lot more of a confident player now. Yeah, he does. And I've maybe think that's, that's down to the coaching team. You know, he's, it's going to be different playing, you know, at Bayern Munich or, you know, Union Berlin or wherever, you know, German football. So, you know, the rigours of, of League One and, you know, there is a player there. Um, obviously, it's, it's going to be difficult, you know, his, his life off the pitch because he wouldn't have been able to have his family over. It's a new country and, you know, the, those types of things. But, um, you know, if the coaches can get hold of him and and said to him, like, you know, I, was, I screamed at Tony today, as soon as you're one-on-one with, with a defender, he's got the ability to go past him and that's what we want. I think the coaches have encouraged that. Um, and, you know, that is what we need to see. I think he still needs to work on, you know, making his runs and there were a few, you know, he's played a nice ball through, but the... You know, sort of Pritchard having been on the same wavelength, you know, it's, it's just a case of working yeah. those things out, which I'm I'm sure they will. But, you know, we're seeing, you know, a, a really, a really, you know, you know, there's a reason he's here at League One something to not, you know, playing in the Premier League or playing at Bayern Munich. There's, there's a reason for that. So there's a player in there. And if we can unlock that, you know, and it, it goes hand in hand with the coaches and, you know, showing him where he can improve and what he can do. Um, like you say, we've got a very, very good player in our hands. Yeah. Um, well, it was Stuart that took the penalty. I was somewhat surprised that he took it. I thought Goose would have took it. I think he is kind of the most frequent penalty taker out of that starting 11, albeit doesn't take too many himself. But it was Stuart that took it, Stuart that scored it. Um, and I think prior to this game, I think the commentator said he scored one in nine, I think it was, um, which I didn't actually realise he was on that much of a slump at the time. Um, but again, similar to other players, similar to what a few times we've said this season, that goal will do him the world of good confidence wise but it's not just that it's because a lot of the time you see a striker who hasn't scored in in so many games the performance levels drop I think Stewart is one of the only strikers certainly in recent years for Sunderland where even if he's not scoring goals he's still playing very well but nevertheless that goal today will do him the world of good going forward yeah of course it will uh you know I want me personally, I want my striker, you know, as soon as there is a penalty up the grabs, I want him snatching the ball from everyone. You know, I, w- I want to see that, you know, ambition and confidence from him, regardless of, you know, he's he he knows he hasn't scored, you know, for, for eight or nine games. But I'm sure he, you know, he's he's still confident and still think he's he's in form, you know, even though he hasn't scored. Um, but it's, it's nice to to have a striker that I, w- I wouldn't have said he's he's been bad at all when he's done a lot of the donkey work you know, and, and bring his other, others into play as opposed to, you know, last season, if, if White didn't score, there was there was nothing else. So, you know, you've, you've got to take swings around that. But what we need now is is other players obviously stepping up with him um, and scoring like we like we did today. Um, but, you know, on, on another day, he probably could have scored maybe one or one or two more. But, you know, as soon as the penalty is given, I want him screaming for that ball. What You couldn't see yeah. on the screen who was taking it. So, you know, I thought Gooch will have it, and then obviously Ross Stewart. I was, I was really, really happy for him, and you know, fair play to him. That's what we want. Yeah. Um. Well, Sunderland did go two 0 up eventually. Um. Albeit was in the latter stages of the first half, and it was Embleton with the goal. Um. 
a few times a season we've talked about a quick free kick or a quick throw in or a corner or whatever it may be and, and not being on the same wavelength. Today we were. Um, I think it was Flanagan with the ball over the top. Pritchard quicker to the ball than any other defender. Played it back to Embledon, who I thought his first touch at the time was going to let him down, but he's got it under control, put it under the keeper, made it 2-0. And I think realistically at that point, the game was won for Sunderland. You know, even at one nil, I don't think Doncaster really looked much of a threat and didn't look like they were ever going to score a goal. But certainly two nil, it looked like the game was won for Sunderland. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, like we said earlier, you know, we we were controlling the game. Uh, Doncaster didn't really um, sort of conjure up, you know, anything. I think you know Hoffman's had probably one of the best, you know, the easiest days they'll ever have. Um, we we've still got to then go on, and you know, you never know. It takes one. You know, one shot against Sunderland, and normally we're on the, we're on the back foot. Um, so it was nice of us before half time to to kill the game. You know, if it's one nil going at half time, they're going to say, right, you know, it's only one nil. Let's go and absolutely have a go. Yeah. You know, two nil before half time absolutely kills them. And then if you're then Sunderland, you say when you come out second half, hit them early, and the game's dead. You then, you know, like we said, we can then see out the game, and and it was more like a training game, and you can introduce players like Hume, you need the minutes, Sirkin, and give young Harris a go, and, and the others, you know, some much-needed rest. So, um, but yeah, in terms of the finish, fair play to Flanagan for thinking quick, great run by Pritchard, who's, you know, probably the best player at the club um, at the moment, you know, on form, and, and we said other people have got to step up, and, you know, it's probably not the best touch, um, from Embleton, but he's he's still managed to finish it finish it because he's he's that good with either foot. So yeah, I was I was really impressed with that. Yeah, but it was two 0 at half time, and like I said, I think everyone at that point, including the players, albeit they won't want to see it, kind of knew the game was over from a Sunderland point of view and a Doncaster point of view. But half time, second half arrived. Um, Sunderland again got a very early goal. I think this was again six minutes into the half. Um, and again, a very well-worked goal. You know, Gooch, again, a player who's been criticised this season for not doing what he did in this goal, got the ball down, beat his man, put the ball into the box from the byline. I think it was Pritchard with a with a kind of backheel effort. Um, it's gone down as an own goal because um, of the deflection before it went in, but I'm pretty sure it was on target from Pritchard's shot, but we'll see about that. It's gone down as an own goal for now. But again, two players that have certainly, you know, got into form in the last few weeks and Again, Pritchard, he is showing his quality now. Yeah, he is. And, you know, we, we were probably a little bit frustrated early on with Pritchard, you know, with, with injuries and COVID and all those types of things, not, no pre-season. Um, but now he's he's probably the first name on the team sheet. Um, and, you know, I've, I'm a massive fan of, you know, Gucci's had his critics, you know, and I've, I've actively been one of those. Um, but at the moment, he's he's relishing in the team at the moment. And, Again, he's a little bit like Diaco on the other side. You know, if you're one-on-one, you know, you'd still fancy him. Just just go at your man. Don't overthink it. And he had the beating of his man again, you know, all day. And get it to the byline, get your ball in. And I think it's a case of hitting an area, not necessarily a player, because the players are finally have a bit of a plan of, of you know, to, to where to be. You know, that's where the ball's going to go. That's where we're going to practice. That's where we're going to position it. Um, yeah. And that, that's that's where the players are, and you know Pritchard's probably unlucky. I think if you saw it from the back angle, it is actually going wide. I think before it hits um, the defender, so obviously that that's why it goes down as the own goal. But you mm. know Pritchard and Pritchard still makes the goal. Um, yeah. te- you know you, you you can still technically say you know even the one he, he had a few weeks ago against Cambridge, the corner. You know yeah. I'd, I'd still put that down to to him. So yeah, massive 
you know, massive, you know, respect to those two for, you know, a little bit of adversity maybe. And again, they're, they're real, really, you know, core to, to how, how well we're doing at the moment. And maybe the injuries that we've had that the players were not playing at the moment are maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise. You look, you look now, where does, where would Luca Nine fit in? Probably not anywhere. McGeady, probably not anywhere. So it's, you know, it's, it's maybe a, I don't want to give Johnson a bad rep, but maybe we've sort of stumbled on a, on a, you know, a formation that's, that's suiting everyone who's available. And when those players are back, it's a bit more of a, of a conundrum. Yeah. We'll see about that. Um, well, I don't know if there's actually anyone particularly close to coming back, is there, really? I think McGeady's still out for a while. Obviously, Huggins is out for a while. Um, Willis is obviously out for a season. O'Neill's out for, for some time. Broadhead's out for the season. I think everyone that's injured at the moment is out for some Long time, term. which is uh, not ideal. But at 3-0, um, you know, we got the penalty in the first half that, that got us underway for the scoring. And... I think it's fair to say we could have had one, possibly, at a stretch, two more penalties in the game. And had the game been a little bit closer, say it was 1-1 or 1-0 at the time, I think that decision against Diaku, the one where he's, I think this is the second kind of penalty shot on him, had it been a closer game, like I say, a 1-0 or a one-goal advantage in a different game, I think that probably gets given as a penalty. Yeah, especially the, you know, the shirt pull, maybe not the, you know, sort of the pushing and shoving, but the shirt pull, if you're pulling someone's shirt, that to me is you are impeding them from getting away from you with the ball. And he it's was, one of them again, though. Anywhere else on the pitch, he gets given as a free kick. Yeah, it, it was. I think the, the Sky's contact probably summed it up a bit, saying like, you know, he probably feels sorry for him, a, a, you know, a little bit. Um, not that that should that shouldn't really make a difference. You know, a penalty is a penalty, but you know, it's it's probably one that we we'll probably have the ump with if it's nil nil or one all. You know, we, we'll probably have the ump with. But we got the first one uh, and we built on it, so we'll. You know, we'll, we'll we'll take it. Yeah. Um. Well, it did finish three nil. Um. Three points take us up to second, one point from top. I think Wigan have the two games in hand on us. Obviously, we've still got Rotherham and Wigan to play at home coming up. Um. But I suppose obviously we've got the Sheffield game coming up. But the next biggest thing to come for Sunderland is the January transfer window, which is fair to say. Obviously, Broadhead is looking like he's going to be out for a season. Huggins is out for some time. And all the other players that are injured look like they will be out for a good extra month, two, maybe three months. I put on Twitter before the game, John, that I think we need probably six, seven players. Probably an over-exaggeration at the time. But I think it's fair to say that, you know, you're looking at four, maybe five players at a minimum to come in for Sunderland with the injuries that we have, with with the likelihood of the likes of O'Brien and Alves leaving. There is a lot of work for Sunderland to do in January to make sure that we do keep up with the top two. There is, yeah, and you you would have thought maybe two or three of those were were already sorted, sort of I don't know, sort of November, December, you know, early December time, of, you know, those those targets. But now, obviously, you, like like you say, with the injuries coming now, I think it's I think it maybe steps up a little bit. We're maybe thinking about do we, uh, you know, what type of striker do we get? And do we get, you know, Ross Stewart's obviously number one. We need a you know a striker to come in and maybe to play when he. You know, after 60, 70 minutes, but I think now with broadhead injuries, I think that maybe goes up a level, yeah. and we need a player who's going to come in and be maybe you know as as good as as good as sorry, if not better than broadhead. You know, if we really are going to kick on, because 
we know the games that we've played recently, the reason, you know, a lot of the good stuff we've done is is through, you know, the partnership of Broadhead and and Stuart. So that I think that elevates it now. And I think we'll 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 probably see now where, you know, Speakman and and Kiro Louis Dreyfus, where you know what, where their ambitions are, are we really? Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no one's talking about you know a four or five million pound striker. No one's talking about that. But it's now about maybe someone who is in the championship and who's maybe not. You know, who's going to come down here and people are still going to go, wow, how did they? You know, how did they get him? You know, is it? I think it has to be that that type of player. Um, to I think do with like he, a, an Eddie and Ket- yeah, he, I think he would fit in quite well. Yeah, I, th- I think there's talk of him going to sort of a higher championship team, which is a shame. Um, but it's, it, I think it has to be, you know, we, we really, I think we have to elevate it now and we have to bring it up to, you know, a, a, maybe a certain level. Um, may, maybe before we were just maybe just filling, you know, Johnson will say we want to start it stronger, um, you know, and then on paper you can you could do that all day long. But it really does need to be, you know, we don't need a couple of players coming in who, well, we've got, you know, Hume's just filling in for when Sirkin's not there or, you know, that it can't be that yeah. type of player, I don't think. It has to be someone coming in who's really going to push, yeah. you know, really going to push every person in that position to say, if you're not on it, then you're in trouble. Because at the moment, the injuries, I think, if we can get through January, I think I did look at the fixture list and most games are then Saturday, 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 as opposed to, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, which I yeah. think in this league would probably kill us. Um, I think the only thing we might, that might hinder us a little bit is international breaks. So I yeah. really do think we need to we need to get everyone, you know, everyone who's fit needs to be sort of far, and we can't have, you know, players just just going through them, you know, going through the motions like Alves on, you know, yeah. can't play can't play Wednesday for, against Arsenal because of training and discipline. I know he hasn't had the opportunities, but you still have to remain professional. You still have to respect that you're still being paid, you know. So at the end of the day, then he he then goes. He's not an asset to me. You know, he 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 then needs to go, and then that then needs to someone else needs to come in for that money, um, and be you know keeping Flanagan, keeping Wright, keeping Doyle on their toes, you know properly because Alves isn't going to play in the league. So do you know what I mean? It, it needs to be a yeah. real thought out plan, and you know we'll we'll we will see in the next in the next you know sort of ten days what what the plans are, and you know any talk of Burnley having Dan Neil for three million is you know let let's shut that down immediately. Yeah. And I think there's a few people who think, you know, we could do with one or two players in, in January. And I, I just don't think that would be anywhere near enough. And I think this is the first time in the season when you look at this squad where the starting eleven is still very good for this league. But any injuries from this point onwards, the replacements would significantly weaken the team. You know, if Stewart comes out, O'Brien goes in now. You know, if one of the centre-halves goes out now that... You know, we don't have Willis or Jamadli. I, I don't know what's happening with him. He kind of went missing again. Um, you know, full-backs. We haven't got any full-backs fit at the moment. Um, right-sided, that is. Obviously, Hume's just come back. Serkin's just come back. You know, if I was to look at places that I think we need signings in, um, I would have said a striker anyway prior to Broadhead's injury. I'd probably now say we need two forwards to come in. Granted that O'Brien will probably leave. We've got three centre midfielders, one of which is Evans, who other than the big games, seems to have a lot of injuries. You know, a one centre-half injury away from having, you know, no backup centre-halves to, to kind of come on the bench. Is that realistically where we are? You know, three, four, maybe a couple of strikers, a midfielder, a centre-back, a right-back. 
it's a big ask in January because not many clubs want to sell the players or, or loan the players because it is quite hard to get replacements in, in that January window. But it is a necessity for Sunderland at this point. Yeah, I think it is. And I, th- I think if you, you know, it, on paper, six or seven players looks like, wow, an absolute, you know, sort of shift change. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're talking Alves is going, you'd probably expect Patterson to go out. Um, you'd you'd maybe I would have thought they'll bring Diamond back, yeah. But that that you know that you know if if you're saying you know Alves is going and O'Brien is going, possibly one other, then it only then in theory you're only getting in sort of three new players. You're you're obviously going to hopefully swap the other one. So if O'Brien's going, you need to then bring someone in, but you yeah. still need someone in anyway. You know, as, as long as we we can do that. Um, then you know I don't I don't see the problem. We've we've got the the main starters who are you know I think we we have got a bit of leeway to bed them in. I know the injuries are you know racking up a little bit, but at the moment we have got you know time to to bed a few players in. You know but it's 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 going to be a tough one. And maybe they'll look at the broadhead one and think if we if we cut that one early, um, we might you know we might have to pay a, a, a cancellation fee or whatever. But is it not worth doing that so we can get another loan player in? Obviously, because it hinders us because we're at a loan limit, I think. Yeah. Um, in in that way, so there there is a lot of things to to sort out at the moment. I think they'll they'll be working hard behind the scenes to to sort that out. But yeah, like we said, a lot, a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, through player ratings pretty quickly. Um, in the last part, obviously we'll start with Hoffman. Did nothing in the game at all. So six. Yeah, same. Uh, I was I was quite impressed with the distribution as well, uh, which is good, you know, along the floor, keep the ball moving and um, to play it out quicker, no when. So, yeah, six. Yeah. Um, Gooch, obviously, I don't know if he'll actually get the assist for the goal, given it was an on-goal, but essentially he got the assist for it. Um, got Had the beating of the full-backs pretty much every time that you tried to go forward, offered a threat most times, so probably say seven. Yeah, same for seven. Uh, I thought he was very good today. Um, and I like him coming from a little bit deeper at left back. Um, yeah, very impressed today. Yeah. Um, Bailey Wright, again, defended well, played the ball out very well, like he has done in the last few weeks, helped lead the back line fairly well. So, again, probably go over a seven. Yeah, same go over seven. Uh, I thought he did well actually going forward. Uh, found himself yeah. quite high. I think the only thing that maybe let him down, he held onto it a little bit too long maybe just a couple of times but I think that was maybe because the Aki was a little bit static at times um, but yeah I was I was really impressed and, and again he's another one fair play to him for you know there was a, a time when he was you know he, he was bang out of form and and now he's you know again first name on the team sheet one of those yeah there's going to be a very significant pattern in these blue ratings I will say um, Flanagan I had it again they had seven um, read the game very well um, probably better than usual Always in the right place at the right time, won his fair share of headers, put in some very good tackles. That one, especially, you know, kind of in the last stages of the game on halfway, they got us going forward again. So, again, seven. Yeah, same seven. I thought he was, again, very good today. You know, probably one of the easy games, but you still got to do your, you still got to do your basic stuff, which we know in the past he's struggled with. And, you know, again, an absolute integral part of, of that solid back, back unit. Yeah. Doyle. Again, seven. Um, played the ball well, defended well, found himself on the wing multiple times and did fairly well when he was up playing as well. Um, put some decent balls into the box, you know, controlled the ball well. So, yeah, seven. Same gone seven, yeah. Again, bringing the ball out, is he's, he's very good at that. And, 
yeah, again, another you know integral part of that of that defence. Yeah, absolutely love them. Yeah, um, Diaku, I will also go with a seven. Um, good footwork, won the penalty, offered a threat, especially in the first half. Saw a little of the ball in the second half um, at times, but when he did have it, he looked a threat, wanted to beat his man, put some good balls in the box. Um, obviously got an assist for Hume, who got the ball in the back of the net, but he was about 10 yards offside at the time. So again, seven. Yeah, same seven. Uh, yeah, I thought he was very good at, at beating his man. Um, and it was it was nice to see, you know, him uh, when it didn't come off or someone didn't make the run, they'd pass the ball um, to give them a rollicking. You know, he could easily just sort of, you know, go into a shell. So at least he's, he's out there sort of personality-wise, you know, I was, I was very impressed to see that. Yeah. Um, midfield, Dan Neal once again started and once again did what he usually does, controlled the midfield well, um, kept the ball moving, played some good passes forward. Um, you know, I think he won his fair share of tackles as well. And I think that I've just seen a stat on Twitter somewhere, I've scrolled past it now, so I can't remember, but in terms of, you know, possession won and, and passes completed, he, he was top of the list for everything. Um, so again, I'd, I'd probably say a seven, board an eight for Dan Neal. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go over an eight. With the, you know the way he controlled the game. Um, it's just you know he's a bit of a Rolls Royce player, isn't he? We know we know how good he good he is. Um, you know I absolutely love the bloke. Um, and yeah, there's you know him on the turn. Maybe the only thing, probably being really picky here, um, is I think late on he tried to turn sort of three Doncaster players. Just needs to be a tiny bit wary. But you know a, any other time he was just immaculate on the ball. So, yeah, I'll go with an eight. Yeah. Um, Corby Evans, obviously back from injury, um, didn't really do much in the game, did nothing wrong. Um, but again, in a game that Sunderland were dominating, I think for me at least, he was passing it backwards a little bit too often for a game that when Doncaster weren't really pressing us at all. But did nothing particularly wrong. Um, his passing, when he made the passes, were usually accurate. So I'd probably say six. Yeah, same would go for six, quite of a you know, sort of run the mill. Like you say, he was going back and I think when we had a corner and it came back and he sort of smashed it back to the goalkeeper and I was thinking, oh, we don't, we don't really do it because they're not pressing us very much. But, you know, uh, he probably sets the tone for, you know, as the captain just to, let's calm it down, pick our moments and, and we'll go again. And I'm, I'm glad that he, he came off fairly early so we can, you yeah. know, rest him just in case we need him for uh, Sheffield Wednesday on Thursday. Yeah. Um, Elliot Embleton, obviously got man of the match from Sky. Um, I'd probably go with an eight for Embleton. Obviously got his goal, took it very well. Um, came close on a couple of occasions to getting another goal as well, um, particularly from long range, but controlled the ball well, played some neat passes and you know one-twos with, with different players. And throughout the game was probably one of, if not our biggest threat going forward. So I'd, I'd probably say an eight. Yeah, same with Van Eight. It was uh, he's very good. Again, another one. He's very good on the ball, both feet, um, and and took his goal, you know, very well. I had to sort of adapt to maybe a, a, a poor first touch, um, but hopefully that's the Embleton that we can see for for the rest of the season. And what what an asset to have. Yeah, um, Pritchard again, similar to Embleton, on the ball was very good. Um, very rarely lost the ball. Played some neat passes, some neat one twos. Took his goal well, um, albeit it's probably going to get taken away from him. But again, one of our biggest threats going forward. And he looks like he's really enjoying his football as well, which is obviously a key factor as to how well he's playing at the moment. Um, so again, eight. Yeah, eight. 
again, another player, very, very good. All retention is is quality. And again, he's going to be the difference when we play the, the you know, the so-called better teams. Uh, but yeah, today, again, just held the work really well and, and carried on from, you know, his, his recent form and we'll, we'll credit him with the goal and, you know, he's, he's bringing goals to, to the team as well. So yeah, long may that continue. Yeah. And last but not least, Stuart took and scored the penalty, um, which started the afternoon for Sunderland. Constantly short for the ball. Again, held the ball up very well. Played some neat one-touch passes around the corner of the defender and forwards and uh, just helped link the play very well. So I'd probably say seven. Um, I'd probably go with an eight. Um, Again, I thought he grafted his arse off, which is always a given. Um, I thought he chased and hurried them down so they can get anything going. And the amount of times he won the ball from, you know, them divering on it and us actually being a bit more proactive. Um, and then, well, you know, it, it probably was a sudden performance, but I'll give him, I'll bump him up one for for the goal. You know, it's, it's easy for him to not have scored an eight and think, oh, well, I'll just let, let someone else take it. So for him to be, you know, sort of stepping up and brave um, and, you know, say, I want the ball, then, yeah, I'll, I'll give him that all day long. And that's what we want to say. Oh, yeah, I'll give him an eight. Yeah, well, four players for an eight out of ten from you. Which man of the match are you going to go with? I will probably go with. I'll probably give it to Hamilton because he did yeah. actually get a goal from open play, and yeah, very good. Yeah. Um. Well, Thursday is Sheffield at home. Obviously, we do have the best home record in the league, possibly in the EFL as well. I think it is. Um, could be wrong on that one though, but it's definitely the best in the league. Um, a game that. Certainly wasn't particularly pleasing to watch last time out. Um, obviously, that 3-0 defeat at Hillsborough. Hopefully, history kind of repeats itself. A 3-0 home win would be very welcome. Um, but predictions for that one quickly? 2-0 uh, Sunderland. Up, up the league we go. Who's going to score? That's uh, Ross Stewart. I'm going to have a Dan Neal 30-yarder. Very nice. Hopefully so. But that is the time we have for today again. Appreciate you joining me at very short notice straight after the game, John. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. It has been a pleasure. Um, we'll be back again to talk about the um, Sheffield game. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, probably on Friday, although it is New Year's Eve and I'm at work, so it depends what time that would be. But at some point, we will be talking about the Sheffield Wednesday game. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.